Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. Governor Pritzker has announced that the state of Illinois has received 54 million dollars in taxpayer-supported grant funding from the Department of Health and Human Services that will assist and expand access to so-called family planning services for low-income populations across Illinois. Members of the General Assembly and Planned Parenthood join with the governor in hailing what they call the strengthening of the Illinois Family Planning Program. Here to weigh in on this and some other issues is Scott Phelps, the Executive Director of Abstinence and Marriage Education Partnership, AMPartnership.org. Scott, so our tax dollars are at work, but not in the right way. Well, Absence and Marriage Education Partnership started with a desire to help reduce abortions by helping young people understand the benefits of reserving all sexual activity for marriage in the first place. While abortion services are certainly increasing in states like Illinois, the good news is we want to do is help young people understand why reserving all sexual activity for marriage is super beneficial both for them, for culture, and for society. But the governor and his fellow pro-abortion proponents are calling this family planning. They've got it all wrong, don't they? Well, family planning, as you probably know, is a euphemism for abortion services. Typically, when you see the words family planning, what's being discussed is increased access for abortion. And uh, with all the talk right now about overturning Roe v. Wade, that won't affect a state like Illinois. Of course, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade simply makes it a state issue in states like California, Illinois, New York will not only see abortions continue, but will likely increase as uh, destinations for people who want to obtain abortions. So while abortions are decreasing nationally, states like Illinois will see an increase, and that's no doubt why they have secured this funding to increase abortion services in a state like Illinois. Again, our work is to help reduce abortions, and so we would certainly hope that those funds aren't needed, but states like Illinois are taking funding like that for that cause. Scott, since we spoke last October, the state lawmakers, with the signature of Governor Pritzker, have repealed the Parental Notice of Abortion Act. So. What are the long-term consequences of that? Well, it's just hard to imagine, actually, that a state would deny parents the ability to be informed of their child's abortion. We're not talking about permission. We're talking about information. So the state is not only saying the parents have no say. The state is saying the parents have no right to even know. And that's really hard to imagine. But Nothing surprises us anymore in a state like Illinois. It is very unfortunate that parents are increasingly being marginalized, both in terms of sex education and abortion services, that they don't have the opportunity to learn about and be aware of the things that are happening to their own kids. And doesn't the repeal of this pro-life law make the work of a and partnership all the more important? Oh, no question. In fact, what I like to say is every day our work becomes more difficult and every day our work becomes more necessary. So you're absolutely right. 
uh, as abortion services increase in a state like Illinois, a program teaching kids the benefits of reserving all sexual activity for marriage is even more necessary. And the good news is that if we can get our programs in front of the young people, the response is overwhelmingly positive. The message of absence until marriage is something that's very popular with our young people. And so we're really uh, fortunate that we are able to get in front of so many kids because it's a message that they are interested in hearing, wanting to hear, need to hear, and is tremendously beneficial for them. Was that message as popular with teachers? Actually, it is. There are many teachers. We have hundreds of teachers around the country who love to teach kids the benefits of reserving all sexual activity for marriage. So our work is to train them, equip them, help them to do just that. As I said, once you can get the message in front of young people, they are tremendously responsive to the message that saving sex for marriage has benefits for them. It's actually a refreshing message. It's a new message. It's a message that they don't hear or see anywhere. Think about it. Turn on the TV, turn on the computer, look at your phone. Where today are kids going to get any kind of messaging that saving sex for marriage is a good option, a healthy option, a beneficial option? It's nowhere. And so when we're able to get that message in front of them, it's a breath of fresh air. It's something that's very attractive to them, and uh, they respond extremely well. It's like a whole new idea for a lot of these kids. It is. It's, it's completely new. In fact, a girl at Taft High School years ago, Taft High School is a Chicago public school, and I still remember what this one girl wrote on her evaluation form. We've actually put it in our literature because she said this. It's very telling. She said, after a presentation on absence, she said, I think saving sex for marriage is a great idea. I never thought of that before. That's what I want to do. And this girl represents a generation, not a generation of young people who have rejected the abstinence message, but a generation of young people who have never even heard it. And once they hear it, they say, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. It's not something I've ever really considered before because it's not something I've ever seen or heard anywhere before. And so it's really important for us to have the opportunity. That's our mission statement is that every teenager in America would have the opportunity to learn about the benefits of saving all sexual activity for marriage. We're not telling them that they have to do it, but we think they should have the opportunity to learn about the benefits of it and let them make that choice. And when given that choice, many young people are on board with it. Well, Scott. I think people need to know how to get in contact with you. Let's let's tell folks how to do that before we take a time out. So, if people want to know more about abstinence and marriage partnership, where do they go? Yes, ampartnership.org. If they want information about the message, that is ampartnership.org. If they want materials, that would be our curriculum division. That would be successsequence.com, successsequence.com. Well, we want to talk more about that, too. Well, this is Illinois Family Spotlight. We're going to take a time out. Our guest is Scott Phelps with Abstinence and Marriage Partnership. We're conducting this interview at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, after this time out. With our kids, we often have to play the long game. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. In a recent article of the Gospel Coalition, writer Sarah Zilstra tells the story of a Christian family with a teen who once identified as transgender. Quote, I started to associate womanhood with being sexualized, says Grace, who's now 16. Peers, teachers, counselors, above all social media circles, guided Grace toward a strong case of what's known as rapid onset gender dysphoria. 
She stopped wearing feminine clothes. She asked her parents to refer to her as they, them. That's a moment that many parents fear. These parents prayed hard. They stayed true. They remember the long game. They built relationships with her, described Zilstra. They drew boundaries around how she could express herself. They took her to counseling and to church. Eventually, Grace began to feel comfortable as a girl again. In a culture where nearly one in five Gen Zers call themselves LGBTQ, the story of Grace and her family are worth reading. At a time when so many are tempted to despair about this issue, it doesn't offer a quick fix. What it offers is truth, love, and hope. I'm John Stone Street. It's an evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with actors and filmmakers Sam and Kevin Sorbo. Join them Friday night, October 28th at the Carlisle in Lombard. Register at IllinoisFamily.org. People are standing up and saying enough is enough. I'll just say that people are looking for truth. The Sorbos are outspoken Christian conservatives in liberal Hollywood. They're known for the Hercules TV series and the documentary film Leaders for Life. You need bravery. But I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to be bold, right? Sure, we all are. But we all need to learn how to be bold. Kevin and Sam Sorbo and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, Friday night, October 28th. Register at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328, IllinoisFamily.org. Joining Illinois Family Spotlight, Monty Larrick here, and I'm joined by Scott Phelps, the Executive Director of Abstinence and Marriage Partnership, and we're speaking at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A. Scott, we've now had a full academic year of so-called comprehensive sex ed here in Illinois in our taxpayer-funded government schools. Starting in kindergarten, I call it grooming sex ed or hardcore sex ed. So five years from now, what do you think the consequences of of that will be? So you're referring to Senate Bill 818, which is the Comprehensive Sex Education Bill, which passed last year. Uh, But that doesn't mean comprehensive sex education has been, you know, going for a year. Comprehensive sex education has been going for a long time in this state. Uh, in some areas more than others, largely in the city of Chicago. What SB 818 essentially did was take a very dramatic, explicit sex education program like what is used in the Chicago public schools and push it out statewide to schools around the state. But what's important for schools around the state to understand is that it is not mandated, it is not required. Schools do not have to teach comprehensive sex education. And so uh, our message to schools is that you don't have to teach comprehensive sex education. There's a much better way to help young people understand healthy messaging regarding sex that doesn't include comprehensive sex education. So our program actually is an alternative to that. What we want to help young people understand is the benefits of reserving all sexual activity for marriage. That's not a comprehensive sex education message. That's a very clear abstinence until marriage message. And it's something that schools can provide without Uh, having to do the full comprehensive sex education program uh, relative to SB 818. Even in these woke schools, you can still go into a government school and teach your message. Most of our work is in public schools around the state. 
Many schools have been teaching our programs for many years and don't want to teach comprehensive sex education, have no interest or desire in teaching that. Uh, we see comprehensive sex education as harmful and unnecessary. The bill that was passed in Florida recently to keep K through three from receiving comprehensive sex education is the opposite of what's happening in Illinois. In Illinois, what was rejected in Florida is actually taking place. So starting in kindergarten through 12th grade, any school that teaches what's called personal health and safety, which is identical to comprehensive sex education in the younger grades, any school that is teaching that must follow something called the National Sex Education Standards, which is essentially what was rejected in Florida. And those standards are really horrific. Yeah, you're, you're talking about starting in kindergarten to teach gender identity, sexual orientation. It's an agenda that is being foisted on our young people starting at the earliest of ages by authority figures. So keep that in mind. You're talking about very young, impressionable children uh, being under a person of authority who is pushing a ideological message that is really harmful. And so we would say to schools, it's not necessary to do that. The law doesn't require you to do that, and we would strongly encourage you not to do that. And the message of Anim Partnership is far different. You've touched on this yep. than sex education. What you're doing is not sex education. It's something else. Correct. It's the opposite of that. Yeah. So what we would say is there is a simple, clear way to talk to young people about these matters. We don't believe it's necessary or appropriate to be having in-depth discussions about sexual activity with young people. There's no reason to go into all of the different types and forms and variables of sexual activity. We think it's simply enough to encourage them in the safest, healthiest, best, optimal choice, which is to resist sexual pressure and to reserve all sexual activity for the context of marriage. You don't have to go into great detail. You don't have to go into all the different forms and types of sexual activity. That's why we're not a comprehensive sex education program. We don't believe that's our role. We don't think that's appropriate or necessary or helpful. To the contrary, we think that's harmful and should be avoided at all costs. Scott, we're recording this interview during the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference. What role can A&M Partnership play in home education? Well, we're actually here for the first time. We normally work with schools, but we really wanted to come and have an opportunity to share information with parents because we believe that parents are the primary educators of their kids. Uh, any instruction that happens at a school is instruction that is delegated by the parents, but the parents are the primary authority and have the primary responsibility of teaching these things to their kids. So we think it's foundation and fundamental and we're here to equip and encourage and support and help parents to teach these concepts to their kids. It's important that students have the opportunity to learn these things first of all from their parents. But so many of these parents are new to home education now, you know, the big movement away from the government schools. And they may think, oh, we got to concentrate on reading, writing, arithmetic. And if we're Christian home educators, infuse our teaching with teachings of Christ. And they may not think about abstinence education, but yes. they should. Well, first of all, backing up, the uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic are critical, and they should absolutely be teaching those things clearly. But yes, uh, we, would, we would suggest that 
living in a culture of sexual confusion, we cannot think that somehow our kids are just going to sort of learn it somewhere. We have to know that they know it and we have to know that they know it because we taught it to them. We can't shy away from this subject. There is a way to, to teach this to our kids that is biblical and appropriate and non-explicit. So our program for Excel, our Excel program, which is for churches, Christian schools, homeschooling parents, is a biblical approach. It's not a sex education program. It's not even a sex talk. It is a live your life for the glory of God program. And what we want to do is help young people understand how following biblical principles in this area can benefit them and guide them in their walk forward. So we're here to help equip parents to do that well. We think it's necessary. So if folks are listening to this, or home educator, they can get in contact with you guys, right? Yes. At a&mpartnership.org? a or if they want the Excel curriculum, that's at prepare2excel.com, prepare2excel.com, where they can get the program that they can use as homeschooling parents to teach their kids. We have paperwork books and online learning for students and for parents. Let's talk about that curriculum, because I think a lot of yeah. parents, who, especially those who are new to home education, or maybe they've been at it a while and they're looking for something a little different and new. Yeah. You've got some valuable curriculum. Well, we really do, and we're excited about the fact that we've been able to get it all up online now, too, where we have an online learning course where we will do video presentations. I actually walk, the, I do the presentations. I walk the kids through the program. We do like two to three minute videos every couple of pages where we kind of walk them through the entire program. And then we also have a separate video series for the parents where we're giving all the background and doing parent parental instruction. So both of those are available along with the workbook. All of that's available at our website, preparetoexcel.com. And there are a lot of new Christian schools popping up all over the place now. Okay. You can work with uh, these Christian schools as well. Yeah, we would say that perhaps the most underserved area in America is the Christian schools from our experience. We find that very few Christian schools address this subject. I think for some reason they, they think that it's just not something that fits their curriculum for whatever reason. And we would say that Christian kids tend to be the ones, Christian school kids tend to be the ones that fall through the cracks because we think that, you know, they go to Christian school, so they're fine. But we have to be careful not to assume that. We have to be careful to clearly guide them in these ways. Look, the world is pushing our kids at 100 miles an hour going the opposite direction. And we've got to be diligent and responsible to teach this subject well, biblically, honestly, clearly, appropriately. There is a way to do it well, and we absolutely want to, need to, help Christian schools do this well. So the argument might be, in some cases, well, these discussions are best left for parents. Yes. What do you say to that? That is the argument. You're absolutely right. I have met with a number of different Christian school headmasters and principals who have told me exactly that. This isn't something we want to deal with in the classroom. This is something that we want to leave to the parents. Okay, that's fine, but then the parents don't, they don't have the resources. So if you're going to do that, my hope would be that a Christian school would be a liaison, would be a support and help to the parents 
help guide the parents in doing this. So yes, absolutely it's the parents' responsibility, but we think the Christian school can play a terrific role in helping the parents to do that. And so our curriculum is actually designed for use both at home and at school, so that if they're going through it at the Christian school, there's a parent interaction component with every chapter that we want them to go home and involve the parents as well. So it can be a team effort, and we would say it should be a team effort. Christian schools, I would hope, would step up and be a partner with the parents in teaching these things and not simply dismiss it as something for the parents to do because the parents often don't, aren't sure where to get the resources to do it. And unlike a lot of government schools, what you're teaching doesn't have to be hidden from the parents. And that's a good thing. Yeah, no, the, to the contrary, and that's a very good point, is a lot of what is done in the name of sex education is very much designed to be kept from the parents. And part of the curriculum often will say, you know, you don't need to tell your parents about this. We think that's just a horrible position, and we want to do the opposite of that. We want to encourage parental involvement at every step. We think that's necessary and important. I'm going to wrap up with a left field question. Okay. okay. How important is the 2022 election in terms of issues of sexuality in government schools and the message of A&M Partnership, your abstinence message? If the outcome is good from a conservative point of view, will we be able to fight back against some of what's happening in the government schools? And would that open more doors for you if we have a good outcome in the election to teach the message about abstinence? Well, our hope is that people would be elected who have common sense, who can think clearly and rationally, and with the benefit of our children in mind. Too often what happens is we have people elected who are actively engaged in promoting harmful material among our young people. That's what we don't want to see. We want to see people elected who actually want to have healthy, good programs like our program that is going to teach kids the optimal health choice, which is objectively, factually true, that reserving all sexual activity for marriage is the best, healthiest, safest choice. We think that message needs to get out there. We believe that every kid in the country should have the opportunity to learn that message. And if that means electing people who understand that and believe that, then yes, that would, be, that would certainly be our hope. All right. Thanks so much, Scott Phelps. Once again, AM Partnership website if people want to get in contact with you and your organization and tell us about your curriculum. Yeah, so ampartnership.org is information and resources for parents, schools, policymakers. And then we have a curriculum division, which is a separate division called successsequence.com. Successsequence.com. And that is for public school material to be taught in the classroom. It's a part of a health class. It's teaching kids well uh, in this subject matter. And all of that is available. And then we have one more website, preparetoexcel.com, which is for our Christian schools and parents. All right. Take care. Listen, thank, thank you. you so much, Scott Phelps, the executive director or the president. Sure. I'm sorry. Okay. Executive director. Of Abstinence and Marriage Partnership. Great organization. Do get in contact. Please support the work of AM Partnership and of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.